Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction. We feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name is Caleb. My name's Parker. And today we are going to be kicking off our conversation with the question, do our decisions matter to God? And this conversation starter was brought to you by Parker. So Parker, could you give us a little bit of background to what you're thinking for this one, what you want to exactly talk about, dive into that sort of a thing, and then we can uh, talk about it. Yeah. Uh, So I know it sounds like a kind of a dumb question. Does God care about your your decisions? Obviously, he cares about your decisions to a certain degree. But my question more has to do with, like, to what degree does he care about your decisions? Because obviously, he cares about your decisions in terms of, um, what will affect your relationship with him, mm-hmm. also known as sin, things that actions and decisions you make that separate you from your relationship with God and distance yourself from him. He cares about those things, but there are certain decisions in life that necessarily the God or that God and the Bible doesn't really have a roadmap for in totally. a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, and for example, one that I always think about is, or not always think about, but it comes across my mind sometimes like how do you, how do people decide where they live? Yeah. Whether it be in a country or, you know, whether you live in a, in a certain country or another country or uh, in the U S context, what state you live in, what city, and you know, it goes all the way down. But like, yeah. um, so like in that scenario, people tend to, or people like to live where they like to live and yeah. they, tend to if they can move to where they places that they like and uh whether that's determined by you know the environment the people whatever you know affordability affordability you know all sorts of things or you know what school you go to or i don't know there's there's a lot of different decisions that like the bible's like okay no you know, the Bible doesn't say, okay, you're born here. That means God put you here. So you need to stay here because this is where he intended you to be. Obviously that's too simple minded. Yeah. Like, cause God as you know, it's laid out in the Bible. God asked people to move. Yep. You know? So like, um, just different questions like that of like, like I, I think that God cares about our decisions in terms of that. He wants us to, you know, he wants us to do what, he wants us to do and he wants us to pray to him and try to do what's pleasing to him. But at the same time, I think there are some times when we get a little caught up in trying to, trying to work out what it is that God wants us to do when God's just like, yeah, I gave you a free will for a reason. Mm -hmm. Both are good. You pick. Yeah. That's what, that's part of the fun of life. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I don't know. Um, at which point between those two things, between free will, do what you want to do, this is your life, and praying to God every day, what do I need to do, what you know, what do I need to do, what do I need to do? I don't know what at what point it lies between that. So that's yeah. where that question came from. Totally. I think this is actually a really a conversation to have. Um one thing just to then be super clear for our listeners is we're not talking necessarily about like overt sin decisions, right? So like no. there's a reality, um, you know, God obviously cares about our decisions if they are driving us away from him. You know, if we're being, um, we don't want to be 
<laughs> we don't uh, the only way we don't be like drunkards and sexually immoral and having all of these things we're doing where it's just like very much so driving us away from the lives that God has called us to live and that sort of a thing. Um, but also obedience is not as simple as just like the 10 commandments and like having moralistic living and that sort of a thing. Although God does care about those things being present in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I would say just even start some conversation about this that I think it's both. And so does God care about our decisions with these things? I think he does. And I also think he doesn't. And for this, um, I will use the analogy of a parent with kids. So I'm not a parent with kids. You are. Um, but I am a child to parents. Right. Crazy how that works. Um, no, but like That's I'll so have times cool. that I'm like talking to people and that sort of a thing. And you just have different dynamics, I think, for different kids, right? So mm-hmm. like I'm just imagining uh, insert random family unit, right? And let's say there is a kid who they got their, for lack of better words, they got their head on their shoulders straight. Like they're figuring stuff out. They're making life decisions. They're helping them really like step out strong. They're confident. Um, They're making good choices with finances and stuff. And they're just kind of making stuff happen. And ultimately they might be then faced with a couple of decisions to make where it's like, man, I, I could go do this job. I might be able to move to go to this place. I might be able to do this. And I would imagine in, let's just use for our imaginary family unit, the parents probably will look and say, I'm not worried about which one you choose. Just choose the one that feels right, if that makes sense. And the reasoning being, they're like, man, you you should be able to succeed with whichever one you're doing. As long as there's no over issue, we're assuming they all seem as good options, right? Now, that same family unit might have a kid who's just got some more struggles in life. They're not a failure or anything like that. They're just struggling with life a bit more. They got some stuff going on. Maybe they've even had stuff happen to them that wasn't their decision. Like they're just going through it, right? And they go to their parents with a number of choices they could make. And they might look very similar to their other sibling. And the parent might have a different reaction. You know, they might look and say, hey, this one choice, you'll be a little bit closer to home. And in the parents said they might be like, and you probably need me to help support you a bit more. You might need that care. And it's not restricting. It's them being loving and caring. And they're just like, no, like we want to be able to be there for you. This might be a wiser decision, same options, but there might be a different response to it. And I think at times that's probably where this question lies at. But I also think that there is something good about taking all things to God. Um, yeah. You know, for example, so use the example of like uh, where to live and that sort of a thing. So uh, Sierra and I, this last year, uh, went through the process of buying a house and all that stuff. Um, and while we were in the process, it was like one of these first times, like when we were renting, it really just came down to like, what can we afford roughly in these couple of towns? And like, we need to be able to commute to our jobs and that sort of a thing. But this was like, Man, like, where are we supposed to buy a house where we might be for, well, we'd for sure be locked in at a higher uh, commitment level and probably for a longer period of time. You know, you're looking at it and being like, man, if this thing just loses all of its value, are we willing just to live here? That kind of a deal, right? And so for us, we took that to God 
a lot because for us, it wasn't just a financial decision. It was God. We need your provision, not just financially. We need your provision for where we are supposed to be rooted at and that sort of a thing. Yeah. And so we had a list of towns and areas that we were like, man, we would love to live in these areas. And one of them in particular, we were like, this would be an awesome spot to live. We had a couple of houses. We put offers on there. Everyone wanted to live there. So we just kept getting just out of the water, just blown away, way offers way more than we could offer anything like that. And we just kept saying, we're like, God, like we just, we need your help. Lord, we know you're going to provide though. Lord, like God, this is really frustrating. Like we, for, I think it took us, um, I know for some people it's a lot longer process. Even it took us about three months of a lot of home offers. I mean, you and Matthias, even one, one time we first sat down to meet about the podcast was, after we had submitted an offer and I was like, guys, like we could build in a, this one room. We could probably build a little podcast studio. It'd be so cool. And then like two days later, we didn't get that house. And I was like, sorry guys, this is not happening. Um, but we kept praying about it and the house we ended up getting, uh, is, is not in any of the towns we want. We were considering originally, uh, it's about, 15 to 20 minutes further out from where we wanted to live at any of the locations we were kind of thinking, but really it just came down to like, we were like, God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to be at? And we had fought for other houses. It was very much so like, God, we're going to put our, we're going to put our hat in the rain. We're going to see what can happen. But for this one, we felt such a peace that God was like, fight hard for this one. Like, like, let's see what happens at one point. Um, at one point, not to go into like major detail that's boring about it, we really felt like God was saying like, this is the house I have for you. Again, nothing else made sense about it. Nothing did other than that piece that this is where we're supposed to be at. And we had to do this one thing within the deal that would have been like matching money if the appraisal went different and stuff. And I literally was like, well, if I sell my truck, I'd have enough money. So we looked and we were just like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll say we could do that. And luckily I didn't need to sell my trucks or anything like that. But it was one of those things where there was just this piece and again, I do think in a lot of ways, like we just kept going to God and just saying like, God, can you help us with this? Can you help us with this? Um, and for some people, I think the decision about where they live, about, you know, maybe they're buying a house, things like that. It's so much more of a, well, this is a practical thing. This is uh, you know, it's just, it's an investment. It's, you know, a little thing to see what happens and stuff. And I think that God, honestly, like it's better for us to honor God with those questions, even if he doesn't care about the decision. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like he might be like, Hey, you could, you could end up a lot of places. God care that me and Sierra bought a house. Probably at the end of the day, it wasn't that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but it was something that we went and we said, God, we want to make sure you're a part of this process. And we want to know that your hand is upon this. And his provision was so crazy throughout the process that it was like, Whoa, this is wild. Like even down to, uh, and this is a lot of details about this, but even down to, we got a random appointment, not random, but it was like, random that it worked out an appointment for us to do our tax return like last year or whatever. And we go do our tax return and then we were able to get like early filing and get our return earlier. We got our return like the week that the money was needed to close on the house. And if the money had came literally like two, three days later, it wouldn't have worked out. We wouldn't have been able to have done the deal. Like, and it was like, came down to like our tax return being in our account. And it was like, Lord, like you are obviously with this, you are lining stuff up and we're seeing you move in this. Um, so again, that's where I'm like, I don't think God cares about every decision we make. Does he care about where you go get coffee in the morning? Probably not. 
but could he use your decision about where you go get coffee to do something? That's where I think that kind of, that's my initial thoughts. That was a lot to kind of throw out there and word vomit. So did you, so I'm just going to pick your brain a little bit. So do you, um, when you guys went through the whole house buying process, was it more of like, what it sounds to me more like is that you were more so instead of like, I've never bought a house, so I don't really like. Let's just use Zillow. I don't know if you guys use Zillow or not, but like if you're scrolling through houses, do yeah, you yeah. like pray over this house? Is this the house Lord? And then scroll next. Is this the house Lord? Scroll next. Or was it more of like, like God, I want to invite you into this. Cause yeah. like, w- were there some houses that you went and looked at that you weren't that like, you didn't feel like God was like, you need to go look at this. Yeah, there was. So, I mean, so for our process, um, Two years prior to us getting our real estate agent and going through the whole process, um, we, like, I very much so originally felt like the Lord was just saying, like, you guys should be wise with your finances and felt like the Lord was kind of saying, you need to start setting aside money for a down payment. Like, I felt like I really strongly felt that that was two years prior to us buying. So I went to Sierra and I'm talking with her and I'm like, hey, like, I, I just really feel like the Lord's stirring in my heart, just that we're supposed to prepare for this season, whenever it happens, we don't know when it'll happen, but we should start setting the money aside. Cause it won't be an overnight thing type of a deal. And, um, ultimately we were just like, let's save the money. And then if we don't need to, s- to use it for that, we'll just have money saved. And that'll be a good thing anyways. So we started that process for two years. We're saving and we're praying about it. Um, then we go and, um, ended up through some friends at the church finding out about a place where you get financing. So this ends up mattering because we go to them. We're like, Hey, can we get pre-qualified so that we can look at houses and we go to do pre-qualification. We end up finding out about some financial stuff that we didn't even know about on our tap or our credit report. And we were like, if we hadn't have found, like literally it was like, if we had not have found out about this, this month that we went in to get pre-qualified that we only got the report for, because we were going to get pre-qualified by house, our credit would have been like ruined for years. And we were able to go, we get it fixed. It took like two months. We get it all fixed. And then we go back and we get pre-qualified. But I had reached out to, um, it was actually a super cool thing. Uh, I reached out to a gal who, uh, my dad's construction company who I work for, we had done a renovation on their house and I just reached out and I was like, Hey, um, I heard she'd become a real estate agent. She told my dad called her. Um, and I was like, Hey, like me and my wife were looking into buying houses or to buy an a house. Like we would love to be able just to sit down with you and talk with you. And like, maybe you could be our real estate agent. That'd be awesome. And so I reached out to her and she's a, she's a believer. She's prayerful. All those things. Her name's Kate, uh, Kate Rossart with Remax. If anybody's looking for an agent, she's awesome. And she's great. Um, Snohomish County area, but, uh, shameless plug. Um, man, maybe we should be brought to you by Remax. Not joking. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Such an odd podcast sponsor. genre. But so I reached out, we reached out to her, we sat down, we talked, and then um, I actually really like, we we really just had like this trusting relationship where she would send us houses to consider and to look at, and she would send us Zillow listings, or she'd send us Remax listings. There was a specific portal they used that held all of them. And um, there was a couple of times though that I saw maybe a listing on Zillow, and I would text it over to her and say, hey, could we just maybe consider looking at this? And we went and we walked houses. I mean- we really though looked at it as if a house was in our price range and was in 
Um, and it like we felt okay about it. There was one house, dude. There was one house um, out in Arlington that we like try. We actually fought pretty hard to try to buy. It was terrible. It was in terrible shape. And uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about this one. It would have been a lot of work to be yeah, livable. Sounded like it. But we would have got. We could have tried to have gotten it for a really cheap deal. Yeah. And so we like fought pretty hard for what well, we she. Kate did an awesome job. She fought hard for every single house that we tried to get and that sort of thing. Again, we just didn't have a lot of, we're first time home buyers. We didn't have a lot of leverage, right? But for all of them, we just prayed and said, God, we're just knocking on doors. There was a couple of homes we looked at that we were just like, this isn't the one. You know, there's like three or four that probably financially we could have gotten sooner that we just really were like, man, we couldn't see ourselves living here. We couldn't see ourselves having a kid here. We couldn't see ourselves hosting people here, right? So again, that process really did look like that prayerfulness. And then with this house, it really was, there was a different definitiveness. It really was like, we're going to throw everything we can at this. Because God, we believe that this is one that you're saying, no, like fight hard for it. Um, so all of them, again, they were that knocking, that waiting, that seeing. Um, and I think then just looking to see, God, what one are you going to let line up and work out? There was one house, dude, there was one house we we could have offered more on. Um, not, not a moron, but we could have offered more on it. And uh, sorry, that was dumb. But uh we ended up going in with an offer that we thought was good value, all this stuff. Somebody, I think, beat us by like $5,000 on the offer and they ended up choosing them. Dude, like, and I don't say this is like, because it's terrible that it happened, but the house is is burnt down now and it looks like it's getting rebuilt, like looks like everything's working out to where they had like probably their homeowner's insurance cover it and stuff. But it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, that's the house that like we were the closest to getting before this one and it burnt. And like, you don't know why it burnt or anything like that. And again, I'm not saying that like that person deserved that or anything like that, but I'm like, oh Lord, thank you for not opening that door. Like, thank you for not having us fight so hard for that, where it would have just created this whole other ordeal. Right. And so all of it was very much so prayerful. Um, and also looking and just saying, God, this is the means in which we can operate though. And like, what do you want to do within that? Hmm. Yeah. To me, this all sounds like, um, not this all sounds like what your story reminds me of is like, like what, what would God have been like sad if like you had chosen to go with another house or like chosen to go on your own path and not invited him into it. Maybe a little sad, but like at the same time, like I, I do believe no matter what route you take, I do think maybe God doesn't approve of like, a given person's decisions, but he still respects their free will out of choice. hundred percent, you know, but like I do, like, I think all of this is like, um, it all seems like very much so like an invitation of like, God is saying like, yo, I have this plan. If you want a part of it, and you want me as a part of this, you can, but you can go do your own thing if you want to. Totally. You know, and I, obviously there's going to be some decisions where he's going to, you know, um, that you're, he's just going to have you make, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it, all this seems very much so to me that it's like, it, it has to do with that God has plans and God has really cool things that if you follow his path, could happen for you but you know if you don't choose to take that it's not the end of the world either 
Totally. I mean, even um, another example I could use for like my life is like with being at being at True Life, being at BCA, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but like for me and Sierra at the time, we're just dating, weren't married, um, but we were still talking about stuff because we were pretty serious in our relationship at the point. And the day that I sat down with uh, Jared, the former youth pastor, to talk about like if I was going to join the staff as the junior high pastor. I called her right before that meeting. I was like, I'm going to say no to it. Like, I'm not going to take the job. I didn't think I was ready. All these different things. I was 19 and just trying to figure out life. And so I went into that meeting, just totally felt my heart change during it and was like, man, I should just take this and took the job, stepped into it. Sierra was like, holy crap. Why do you are like, how'd you change your mind that fast? All these things. Um, but dude, like I remember talking with um, Christian Dawson, who was the campus pastor at Northwest University at the time and now is um, on the pastoral staff at Bridgetown down in Portland. But like we were talking and talking about just like life and these decisions and all that. And he looked at me, he's like, Caleb, like you're not big enough to get in the way of God's plans. Right. And I think that's totally true. I, I, I think a part of me maybe, and this is just kind of now, this is me verbally processing, not just like definitively saying we cannot get in front in the way of God's plans in terms of like, God will still get the things done that he wants to get done. I do think there's times though, that we maybe sidetrack the best of what God could have had planned for us. Yeah. And like, would true life have still had a youth pastor? Obviously. Yes. It would have still had a youth pastor. And I'm not even saying I'm the best of youth pastors. Maybe I'm filling a gap for somebody that didn't take the opportunity they were supposed to. And that sort of a thing. Yeah. But it's looking and seeing like for me and Sierra, like five and a half years later, our life is drastically different than what we would have imagined. And in a moment in a coffee shop at 19 year old, 19 year night. Oh my gosh. At 19 years old, Caleb made a decision that Caleb at 25 years old is still being affected by because I looked and just was like, ah, let's just see what happens. Like I'll take this 10 hour a week job. And like in a lot of ways, honest, actually, no, definitively it has, it's like changed my life. And it's changed me in Sierra's lives. It's changed the aspect. It's like, it's why we like, again, going to the house. It's why we bought a house. Even we were like, we want to be rooted in our community and say, man, we are locked in and saying like, Lord. And again, even in some ways, God, if you need us to move, you will make it evident and you will provide the path for us to move mm-hmm. because we are followed your definitive. Like we have invited you into this and believe you'll be faithful to help us through it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's where, I just think there's times that like, if we don't, if we don't go to God on things, we probably end up creating a lot more headaches for ourselves than we needed yeah. to. Like, dude, like imagine like this for is ourselves a, and other people. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. it, this Cause is like, that's like, that's where I get caught up, not caught up, but like, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. I no, don't yeah. necessarily think this, but like, I think about, um, you know, like I do believe that like we're not big enough to get in the way of God's plans, you know, but like if we like, like think about what, like if we're like kind of conceptualize what God's plans are, what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, um, uh, like God wants to use you in a relationship you have with this friend to help lead them towards Christ, for example, yeah. or like in your case, like you'd becoming the youth pastor of true life and the, the way that you've impacted students' lives on a very personal level, just cause you're you and like God's acted through you, but like not that God couldn't act through another youth pastor, but it would just be different. You totally. know what I mean? And like 
maybe like students would still come to the same realizations that they've come to, but who knows, maybe it would happen while that youth pastor was there. Maybe it would happen decades later under other circumstances. Who knows? Like, I believe that God, you know, doesn't let us necessarily get in the way of his plans. But then if we're playing devil's advocate here, then like, why I go back to the initial question, why do our decisions matter? Yeah. And that's you know what, what I mean? So it's like, and that's where I would just say, like, if we're not doing the night, like the nicey, nice way to talk through things, I think our decisions matter a lot more than we imagine. I think, I think the way you put it with the, that it can cause a lot more headaches and yeah. it's a lot more messy. I think that's the best way to put it. Well, I think that's where it's like, so you, you, even the, the kids example, right? So like you have like the kid that's got like that. And I'm not trying I, I just because I know people will insert maybe themselves into these moments. I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but like you have the person that has stuff more together, the person who has less of their stuff together, that sort of a thing, how their parents might interact with those things. The reality, or you would suppose the reality is someone who has it all together in those ways. The reason why they will succeed no matter the option is they will still be doing all of the little things they were supposed to do along the way. But the other person might really then struggle in a lot of those areas and it starts to really make life get kind of tunnel visioned to where it's only on certain things and that kind of a deal. And I think that's a lot of the time when it comes to our decisions, like, yeah, like it is the the people that we can invest in and we can affect and it is the people that can see our consistency in things. And it's realizing that life, honestly, like our life is not our own. Like that's something we like. It, it's such a this is now a little bit of a rant moment, but like it is such an American Christian ideal or maybe just Western in general to individualize faith down to a point of like, what does God want me to do? Right. So that I, even though he has for me. Yes. So that I can do it. It's like, it's like, okay. At the end of the day, it might just be semantics. Cause yes, God has a plan for you to do these things, but for us as a, at a human level, it might be more helpful to view it as what are the plans that God has for others that I need to help be a part of? Right. Like for myself, I would even have to look at it this way. It's like, Lord, like you, what is the plan you have for me? Did you have a plan for me to be a youth pastor? It very much so looks like it, even though I did not want to be one for years and all these different things. But Lord, like even looking at it this way, Lord, you had a plan I mean, you had a plan for Mason, you had a plan for Sophie, you had a plan for Ethan, you had a plan for, and like, you could list off all these different students and Lord, like you wanted me to help be your hands and feet for them to see an aspect of you. And it would have been different if I chose not to do that well. Like we look at, you know, even if you look at, at the most drastic of it, uh, pastors who have major failings and stuff like that. Church hurt. That's not a part of the plan. And that's somebody thinking, and again, do people deserve restoration? Like I do believe that. I believe that when people fail, there's, um, for each thing, it's probably pretty unique, but there should be a path for restoration and that sort of a thing. It might not mean you get the same seat you had before, but it doesn't mean that you are disqualified from being a follower of Jesus who deserves community. But, but, but like big, we need to like make sure is clear it does mean there has to be repentance. It does mean there has to be acknowledgement. And also there should be an understanding of the weight of what you caused. Now you are not to then feel condemned for that, but also that weight should have been felt way before 
you got to that point of hurt because you should realize the potential that you carry as a person to harm somebody within their faith and that sort of a thing. Um, so again, like when it comes to our small decisions, like where does it lead to? Well, like, yeah, maybe, like maybe we should every day take time to pray on our drive home. God, do I need to stop at a certain store today and talk to somebody at the checkout line like that? And again, it's getting down to really small things. Would we be better off doing that? Probably actually. See, I don't know. Cause I just, that this is the point where I get, I don't know. Like if I were, and again, I don't necessarily know this cause I don't necessarily, um, I, I wouldn't say I've necessarily been in a spot in my relationship with God where like I have been to the point where I'm asking him every single day, Yeah, you know, and every single stage, like, like I, I, and I, and I know I'm growing, but like, I've never been at the point where I feel like I am walking with God at every second of every day. Totally. And I think there are some people that their relationship with God is like so close that it is almost like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I think for me, like if I were to get to that point where I was asking every single, like, I feel like and maybe this is just my personality, but I feel like my asking would become more about the question than it would about what does God actually want for me? And it would get like, like I, I have, I've noticed a pattern for myself. And again, this is just me, but like I've noticed that if I try to lay down a blanket rule, like would we better be better off with asking God these questions all the time? my dedication and all my thought gets turned to the process and not like the, the actual like heart behind the process. Mm. So like, for example, like, uh, I don't want to get too in detail of it, but, uh, a certain like sin struggle I had in my life. Yeah. There was a point where like, it was at a kind of a dick an addictive level. And I, you know, I got really, I, I was so determined to, you know, stop the sin and be done with it because of how it was affecting my life, how it was affecting my relationship with God, my relationship with others. And I went like full gun ho, we're going to tackle this thing. But at the end of, at least at the end of that season, like I realized that like my whole faith revolved around this one thing. Yeah. Which like if your whole faith, if my whole faith revolved around asking God constantly what he wanted me to do, would that be the worst spot in the world? Probably not. But like, you know, like I, I would, I would want my relationship with God to be more of that, like as a friend walking with a friend. Yeah. And I want to invite you into this kind of like, and this, this is all kind of going back to what you said at the beginning of like, it's both and. You know what I mean? It, it's not all about just like the obsessive, like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Constantly searching, constantly searching. Cause like, you're not going to get a clear answer every time. Yeah. And if that's, and I'm, I'm kind of just on a bird walk here, but like, if that's all your faith is about, God doesn't answer everything. I don't know. What do you think about that statement? Oh, that God doesn't answer everything. I mean, I don't, you think- don't get a clear answer on everything. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. So, like, if that's what your faith is revolved around, yeah, I, I mean, know. I think the thing is, though, that I would just say in terms of, like, a practice, so I'm talking about this from a, a healthy understanding of practice, not, not a ritual. So the difference, I would say, between yeah. a practice and a ritual, a, a ritual is something that you think will always garner a result. Practice, like let's say it's like basketball, you're out practicing basketball and that sort of a thing. You know you will miss some shots. Like you, you're out there practicing those so you can get better at making shots and that sort of a thing. But you also know that going and practicing does not mean you will play well in games all the time. But you have to actually work on it and garner this ability and that sort of a thing, right? So this is where for me I would say the practice of asking God is good even if it's for like almost everything, because you have to understand it might sometimes be that you ask it and you're like, okay, I got to make a decision and that's just life. But you might start to see in small moments, kind of like if you're out, you know, shooting shots, free throws and you're missing, 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 but then you make one and you're like, whoa, that was, that felt good. Like in having those moments where maybe it is you're asking God, like, I don't know, like if you're somebody that gets coffee every morning and you have a couple of stops you could make and one morning you're like, God, which coffee spot should I go to? And let's say for some reason it's like Starbucks on 67th or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna stop that Starbucks it's on my way to work. And you go in and you're talking to somebody, you look at them and you just say, hey, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Um, hope you have a good day. And maybe you're somebody that's so bold that you look and say, and I just want you to know God loves you. And you go over to get your coffee and you go to leave. And maybe for that person, it was just like, holy cow, that's just like, that never happens. Because it never happens. Because we know it never happens. We know that people don't do that. But what if you chose to do that and you chose to follow that leading? And maybe you find out the next time you see them, they're like, you don't understand how much that meant to me. Or something like that where it's just like, what does it look like? I've been um, I've been thinking about uh, Philip and Paul a lot in the book of Acts and how like Philip, you see, it just says like, you know, the the people are spaced out and spread out and scattered. They go and they start preaching and seeing these things happen. And he is just following the leading of God. Now, part of it is he just knows what Jesus asked him to do. So there's certain things we don't have to ask about because we already know the answer. Right. We already know the the definitive answer of what certain things we're supposed to do. Like my, my, my thing, actually, I get frustrated a lot of the times with a lot of believers is it's like, does God ask you to pray? Yes. You don't need to ask him if you should pray. Like he asks you to, he says it, talk to me. Right. That just makes sense. Like reading your Bible, should we do it? Yeah. Like it just, it just says that we should know his word. Right. And we should do that. Uh, Should I be a nice person? Yes. Like Jesus says to love our neighbor and that sort of a thing. Like, and you look at a lot of stuff like, okay, so those things you might not need to ask God about, but it, the thing is, is we get to spots where you don't ask him about anything. And then we're only asking him about the biggest things, right. but then you don't know his voice right? and you don't actually know the difference between bad pizza and if you're actually having God talk to you about something. And right. so that's where for me, like I used to have it where, you know, I would go for drives or stuff like that. And I've shared this example before, I think where I'll go for drives and I'll be like, God, you want me to go right or left? When I know there's kind of like a road I could take that would get me there different times, things like that. And I've had times where I've arrived someplace and I've been able to talk to somebody. And I'm like, I would not have seen you if I turned right. I would have gone. It would have been a minute and a half faster. You would have been in your car already type of thing. And like, 
I just think those are the things where, again, do our dis- does God do our decisions matter to God? Like, not necessarily, but could God make our decision? Like, this is, ooh, this is a good, like, real pastory thing to do. Do our decisions. The bottom line is. Do our decisions matter? Okay, now I have to try to actually have it succinct. But do our decisions matter to God? No, not necessarily. But God could make our decisions matter more. Yeah. Like God could make it so every decision we make has more impact, has more value, has more things behind it. Why? Because he is the one, even our intention was that he would be behind it. And he's going to honor the fact that we're trying to honor him. Like that's where I love, and this is a very like interesting example to use here, but I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer and just the testament he is to faithfulness and this sort of a thing. And uh, he, there, there's basically the say the the telling of the his testimony and stuff goes that well if you don't know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is sorry I'm realizing a lot of details here Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a uh, modern day early 1900s theologian um, from Germany and there's a lot of stuff about his life but basically goes back to Germany after he had left to go to America um, to go back when the Nazis are starting to take over and run the church and all of these things, it's getting really crazy and all this stuff. And basically at one point he ends up being one of the guys who joins in with the main assassination attempts. But the thing is Bonhoeffer was basically, I believe I'm remembering a story, right? was a pacifist. Like he did not necessarily believe in violence and this sort of a thing. And his prayer was God, may you have mercy upon me. May you have grace upon me. I'm just like basically I'm just trying to make the best decision I can. Yeah, he really labor labors over the decision. And I think that's something for us where it's looking and being like, God, what can we do to honor you, to represent you? And at the end of the day, God, I have to make a choice. I was told I have to make a decision. Have mercy on me if I made the wrong one, but I'm trying my best, God. And I think that carries so much weight because there's so many times that we flippantly enter situations or circumstances and we look at it and we're just like, I can do whatever I want. And it's just like, no, like your life is altered by little decisions and that sort of a thing. Like, are you allowing God to have a, do you have a conviction to honor God in the midst of all those? Even like, you know, I think about, um, for Paul, sorry, for Paul in the book of Acts, like he at one point has uh, the vision of the man, I believe, from Macedonia calling out to him and he ups and leaves and goes and starts doing these things. Like if we're not asking God to lead us, are we going to have a moment like a Paul did where he's just like, I need to go. I need to go do this thing. But Paul knew God's voice and he knew what to do. And he knew the things to do in everyday moments when him and Silas, they're in prison and they just start to praise God. He didn't need to ask God, God, should I sing songs right now for people to hear? No, he just knew I should just praise God every moment I can, right? And so I think for me, that's where really it comes down to like, it doesn't, it doesn't, but God can make your decisions matter more if you let him. Yeah, I agree. Good deal. Do you think that's a good landing spot for I us think today? that's a great landing spot. Well, good deal. Well, everybody, we hope that this was a conversation you guys enjoyed. I think I I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, it was all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, good deal. I'm just kidding. It was great. (laughs) Well, uh, everybody, we hope that you guys had a good time, at least with it and that sort of a thing. We appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Make sure to share it with a friend if you can. Uh, Share it on your social media platform. Send it in a text message even if you found it beneficial to somebody you think that would. Uh, And also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Caleb and Parker Podcast because we would love to hear your ideas on some episodes we should do and that sort of a thing. But with that being said, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for checking this out. My name's Caleb. My name's Parker. And we'll see you guys next time. See ya.